Hello, I'm Phil and welcome to the Who's He Podcast YouTube channel. This week, Disney Plus launched its latest Star Wars TV series, Andor, starring Diego Luna, who reprises his role from Rogue One. While it seems that Disney are putting all of its efforts into producing live-action Star Wars content for the small screen, they have had varying degrees of success with this approach. The Mandalorian, which has an upcoming third series, has been a massive success and wildly popular with audiences, while The Book of Boba Fett and Obi-Wan did not capture the same audience appreciation and met with some downright hatred from some quarters, which I felt was unjust. But this is a problem that film and TV makers fall into time and time again. Give the audience what they want and they won't like it. It can never live up to audience expectations, which was the case with The Book of Boba Fett for a lot of people. And with characters such as Obi-Wan and Luke Skywalker, we know how the stories end for these characters. There are no real surprises. Sure, filling in any missing history is a fun thing to do, but as I said earlier, it will never live up to audience expectations. Now, while it may be interesting to know what happened to popular and beloved characters, when Disney announced they were making a prequel series about Cassian Andor, I had my doubts. This was a character who appeared in one Star Wars movie, and correct me if I'm wrong, I certainly do not remember anyone clambering to know how he became a rebel spy. But here we are. So the question is, is the character interested enough to warrant his own series? Well, in Rogue One, he was certainly more grey in his morals than the rest of the rebels, with him murdering an informant who may betray his mission, and also willing to assassinate Jyn Erso's father. But... It's another prequel series where we already know how the story ends for the lead character. But, perhaps, is there more story to mine for this character? Let's be honest, apart from Rogue One, we know nothing about him, so the character is a bit of a blank sheet. So when Disney Plus dropped the first three episodes this week, I really didn't know what to expect. I had heard in advance this was going to be a darker series than previous Star Wars output, but that word darker always makes me nervous. As darker means, it, they won't be much fun. And that is what Star Wars should be. Fun. So when I watched the opening episode, it was darker. So dark, in fact, I couldn't see what the hell was going on. The program makers appear to have gone for a Blade Runner vibe, a film I'm sorry to say I really do not like. So... Far then, it hadn't drawn me in. And in the opening few minutes, Andor has murdered two pre-moral authority security officers, so the character is morally grey even at this early stage. In fact, where we find Andor at the beginning of this series, he is lying and owing money to people left, right and centre, and the predicament he finds himself in is all of his own making. This sets in motion the story and brings us the antagonists, as I said, the pre-moral authority, who appear to be placing the Empire as the bad guys at this point in the story, or certainly in these early episodes anyway. This also introduces us to Cyril Khan, an ambitious pre-moral authority deputy inspector who wants to bring the murdering Andor to justice. Yes, the pre-moral authority. As I understand it, they are an independent affiliate of the Galactic Empire, and at this stage I'm not sure how this faction fits into the Empire's grand plan, and where they are in the hierarchy. While it's good that they have introduced a different set of antagonists, do we need another bunch of villains in place of the Empire? We also learn that Andor comes from a planet called Kanari, and that he was taken away from his tribe and now has an adoptive mother, Marva, played by Fiona Shaw. And all of this is told in flashbacks. 
Yes, the one major complaint that people have with the book of Boba Fett is being repeated again. Why not start off the series showing young Cassidy and Canari rather than breaking up his scenes as an adult and potentially ruining the pacing? And a scene towards the end of the third episode just reminded me of a computer game where you have to avoid things falling from the ceiling. And the whole thing is deadly earnest. I don't think anyone cracked a smile across the three episodes. And that leads me back to what I said earlier. Star Wars should be fun. I know this series is meant to be more serious than what has come before and show what it is like to live under the jackboot of the Empire. But the content is dark. The light of the scenes is dark. Everything is just too damn dark. However, despite what I find to be drawbacks, it is extremely well put together and acted. All exterior scenes are just that. There are no digital backdrops as per The Mandalorian. Everything is filmed on location which gives it a far more realistic feel. All the sets and props have that classic Star Wars lived-in look, which gives everything an air of authenticity. Also, what is refreshing is that apart from Cassian Andor, there are no characters that we've met before. No doubt later in the series we will come across rebel leaders such as Mon Mothma, but right now it is very much its own thing, free of the shackles of Jedi and the Force and the Skywalker family. When have you seen a Star Destroyer or a TIE Fighter yet? So, right now... This is a TV series set in the Star Wars universe telling a different kind of story. It's more realistic and grounded than anything that we've seen before. And whether this gritty take on a galaxy far, far away will stick for all 12 episodes, well, that remains to be seen. But after a very slow first two episodes, episode three picks up the pace somewhat. With the introduction of Sergeant Linus Mosk, a pre-moral authority security officer who's providing some much-needed field experience for Cyril Khan, who's certainly lacking in any combat experience. In fact, I'm getting a bit of a Gorman and Apone vibe from these two at the moment. This leads to a quite good action-packed scene where the Primor officers try to apprehend Andor, which of course, well, watch it to find out how that ends for them. We're also introduced to our first Rebel Alliance operative in the shape of Luthan Ryle, who wants to recruit Andor to the cause. I'm hoping the following episodes will take Star Wars to some interesting places, as so far, some of the plot beats, such as Kid taken away from his tribe and now trying to find his long-lost sister, is a little too formulaic for my liking. To finish off though, I do find myself struggling with who is this series aimed at? Is it long-term fans, young fans, or a new audience entirely? There is certainly not here for young fans, and I think some long-term fans may struggle with a lack of it feeling very Star Wars-like. But if this manages to bring in a new audience with its very different way of telling a Star Wars story, well, then that's all for the good. <laughs>